You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And this episode is brought to you all by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the absolute domination, the 76-61 to wire-to-wire beatdown of Georgia Tech that happened um, in this game. And, and, you know, these are two teams that both were at the bottom of the conference and it was... Um, at the end of the day, this game wasn't going to have huge, you know, national implications or anything like that. But the reality is there was, um, from a standpoint of, from a standpoint of, you know, having, um, having just pride in who you are and, and not wanting to be that dead last team in the conference, this game meant a lot, right? Like, objectively speaking, I'd be lying to you if I said, hey, I know that uh, it's now impossible for us to, Go back down to last uh, because we've won this game. That that'd be a lie. That'd be stupid. That'd be a lie. Okay, like that's that's the reality that we're looking at here. Um, I think that Georgia Tech the rest of the way has a slightly slightly easier time um, than us. But either way, this is this is still a situation where you never want to be dead last in the conference, which we were for quite some time here. So to not be that uh, after this game, it means something. And we're going to break down how this game uh, was won and, and what happened that, in essence, made this, uh, made this game what it is, right? Like that's, you know, how, how we dominated, how we got out to the early start and how we got out uh, to everything that we did. So first thing first, this team, like I said, wire to wire beat down. Georgia Tech never led. In this game, never at any point in time led in this game. Um, we opened up on a 10-0 run before uh, Georgia Tech got their first basket, and it was just time and time again we were turning them over. We were getting out in transition. I mean, of our first few baskets, I want to say of our first in that 10-0 run, I want to say at least two or three of those baskets. Uh, we're from turnovers. We had uh, Jericho Adams got a steal off Khalid Moore. We had uh, Josh Usher have a turnover. We had a few different guys who forced turnovers that allowed us to get out on the break, figure it out. You know, when we're in transition, that's when we're our best selves. And and so to be able to have that situation where our defensive pressure was getting to him and rattling him early, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. And when you had that situation rolling, I mean, in a conf- in the battle of two teams that are at the bottom of the conference, the reality is you neither team is in a position to say, "Hey, if we get out to a lead early, uh we're we're going to put this thing away because there isn't a single team at this level, I don't believe. There isn't a single team as far as um in the Power 5 that I would say even the worst teams, they they haven't had leads in in certain games. They haven't done a good job so you know to build upon that to build upon that and and fully um put our foots down on their neck and by the time that they scored 30 points we were i'm sorry by the time they scored 10 points we were already up 
28 uh, to 10. So this game, again, forcing turnovers, lots of pressure. Georgia Tech taking bad shots that led to long rebounds that led to us getting out in transition. It definitely helps. It definitely helps. But even when we weren't in transition, we were still doing good things. Like this was a night where everything fell. Everything just felt like we we couldn't go wrong. We couldn't miss even if we tried. And that's, long story short, that's the gist of what happened in this game. That's the gist of it. I mean, even if we talk about, you know, Jericho Hellams having a, a really, really tough night shooting, he was just about the only one. He was just about the only one. Terquavian Smith had one of his best games of the season. And again, Terquavian is learning how to impact the game with his play outside of shooting, which is important. But also, let's not forget the main thing. He is a shooter first. He is a scorer first. So, you know, him going for 26 points, leading all scores, 9-13 uh, from the field, 6-8 of eight from deep, that's vital. That's super important. But also the eight rebounds, two of which were offensive rebounds, the three assists, the steal, only having one turnover, that's vitally important. Vitally important. And Jericho Helms on that 3 of 16, he went 3 of 11 uh, from deep, and he went 6 of 6 from the free throw line. So uh, he had 15 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. Um, five turnovers need to be cleaned up a little bit, but, you know, he, he played a really good game there. Darian Sebron got in the double digits again, 3 of 6 from the field, 5 of 9 from the line. Got himself a double-double with uh, 11 points, 10 rebounds. And the other big thing that happened tonight, Cam Hayes showed us what we had been expecting to see for a lot of the year. He went off for 14, 6 of 13 from the field, uh, 2 of 6 from deep, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, no turnovers in 25 minutes off the bench. This is what we had been expecting and waiting for and wishing and hoping. That's what we've been here for the entire time. The entire time. That's what folks have been waiting for. Uh, from Cam, and, and hopefully he continues this and sustains this and, you know, carries it over into some momentum for next season. But the reality is this is what folks wanted to see. This is what folks were expecting um, going forward. And the the interesting thing about this game is even with all of the buckets that we knocked down, even with everything that we did, it still wasn't like the, the best ball move we've ever seen. There still was a lot of uh, ISO going on. There still was a lot of uh, late pick and rolls in, in the shot clock and all that. But at the end of the day, again, when the shots fall, there's that doesn't really leave too much room for complaint. That's just the reality there. It doesn't really leave too much room uh, for, you know, what, why, why are they not doing this in this way? Or why are they not doing that in that way? Listen, sometimes you just, you see it, you get excited and you say, you know what? We got it. We won a game. We did what we were supposed to do. And so, uh, when you look at this game again, to have a come in with a six-game ACC losing streak, to have a situation where we lost to a pit team that we hadn't lost to since I was in school, since I was still on the team before. This was after only one Achilles tear. So that's that tells you how long ago this was. Uh, as far as losing the pit to to come in and, and beat this Georgia Tech team, it just it it feels really good because it's you know you weren't expecting um, to see 
us be a bottom of the barrel team. And I said, optimistically, the best case scenario for NC State was finishing eighth in the conference. And that was after Manny Bates went down. That was before uh, we had all the other plethora of injuries that left us with Jalen Gibson as only big for um, a game or so. But I said, optimistically, eighth is the best we can hope for. And things haven't gone in the best way. But again, this 76-61 to 61 win means a lot. Means a lot. In, a, in a, a time where you could easily fold it up, pack it in and say, eh, that's it. That's it. I'm done. I've got nothing left. No need for us to, to you know, show up and, and try really hard anymore. We instead went, came out early and just got in there behind from start to finish. Uh, Michael DeVoe of Georgia Tech is one of the leading scorers in the ACC, so of course he led Georgia Tech in scoring with uh, 18 points on on seven of seven, 17 shooting. Um, and they also had their big man again, which is a thing that we've had problems with all year that I've always said, hey, we're we're everybody's big looks like Superman against us. They're, they're big. Rodney Howard went off for 14 and 11 uh, and on – Seven of eight shooting, but that was pretty much all they had uh, going for them. I mean, they, they didn't really have too much else. Everybody else seemed to be uh, cold as ice or, or couldn't throw, um, just just couldn't couldn't hit their shots at all. And, and again, our defensive pressure did a lot of that. And again, this is a game that shows you what this team could have been best case scenario, right? But again, this is why you accept, hey, best case scenario doesn't always happen. Best case scenario doesn't always happen, but a moment like this, you get happy to see it. And the Wolfpack needs one more win on the year. We need one more win to avoid uh, our first ever 20-loss season. I'm not sure I would bet on us getting it with what we got coming down the stretch, but who knows? And if you're a better, go to betonline.net. Football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where to find where the next uh, fired head coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all your betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today to learn more about these trends and actions. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, again, I, I don't want to, you know, pile on this team even even in a win and say, like, oh, where was this all year? Um, but, you know, for the most part, this was just objectively one of our better games. And, and of course, you still want to see, um, you know, better ball movement and, and all that good stuff. And you still want to see uh, better offensive sets and all that. But, again, to have a game where we came out early, forcing turnovers, to have a game where, I mean, we came out – and, you know, force them into some really, really bad shots. So, for reference, they were 5 of 22 from deep. Now, were all of those bad shots that we forced? No. No. There were some that were wide open that they just, you know, it was just that night, that kind of night for us where everything went our way. And and it seemed like uh, we had a, an invisible ghost just kind of pushing the ball uh, just a little to the left or a little to the right for us. Of course, it's, it's not you know, just about uh, how well we defended and how well we did things. But at the end of the day, again, a win is a win is a win. And not only that, 
Um, outside of Rodney Howard, they did precious little on the boards, right? So for us to win the rebounding battle, 44 to 35, again, it means something. It really and truly does. It really and truly does because at the end of the day, when you're looking at that type of situation um, for a team like us, a team that is undersized, a team that, you know, we're, we're everybody loves saying, well, we fought hard and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, I've said about this team numerous times, we don't have the horses in the stable at times. To have a game where we win the rebounding battle, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. To have a game where we force uh, some of their, their, you know, their leading scorer, their uh, top guy under 20, that's a big deal. It's a big deal because we've struggled at times to stop penetration. We've struggled at times uh, to stop guys who are determined and really want to get to the rim. We have. That's objective. That's an objective truth. And so for us to do these things well, you know, it's, it's good to see. And hopefully uh, we can build upon this. Obviously, this ain't the, the NBA or the NFL where, like, the more you lose, uh, the better your draft position gets or whatever. In fact, it's the exact opposite. In college, the more you lose, the harder it is to, to hold on to uh, Robert Dillingham or something like that. So hopefully going down the stretch this year, we can, uh, you know, sneak out a couple more and, again, avoid a first-ever 20-loss season. But this game has to be celebrated. It has to be celebrated. And let me say this. I have always been a proponent of, you know, you, you don't need one guy shooting too much. I don't care who it is. I don't care, like, what's going on unless they're, you know, a, an absolute game-breaker and they're just different. You've never seen anything like them. I don't feel like you ever want to see a, a single guy shooting the ball too much. But with that being said, Terquavian Smith is he is doing so effectively. And not only is he doing so effectively, again, just like I say, uh hiring and firing coaches is about dating dating scene and, and you know, what's the, the comparison level. I think it's the same way for shot selection in some regard. Like, yes, Terquavian Smith does have games where he is absolutely ice cold, where he is absolutely a net negative like that. He's had a, a, a streak of games recently where that's happened. Right. But the reality is after those uh, couple of games that we saw where he really struggled, you know, Wake Forest and uh, Pitt, where he really struggled, he comes out tonight and, and is just absolutely on fire. And again, even if you average out all three of those games, he is 10 of 26 from three. So, again, that's not a, a, a great, you know, unbeatable thing that you're like, oh, man, this he, he needs to jack up every shot that he touches. No, but if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, right, if you're really being honest with yourself, 38% from three, not bad at all. Not bad at all. It's, it's not, again, and we're talking about, Two of his worst games from deep of the season. 20% and 25% from deep. Now, of course, he's shot worse than that before. Of course, we've got the 0-7 uh, game with Clemson. We've got the 1-9 game against Duke from deep. But, again, on average, according to the law of averages, there's, there's not much of a debate or, or question about whether or not he should be shooting. Because, again, if he doesn't shoot it, okay. Somebody has to shoot the ball. Somebody has to shoot the ball. That's, again, it's just a matter of fact. That is not a, a you know, 
that's not something I'm making up or something that I'm pulling out of thin air. And okay, there's two players on the team that are shooting a better percentage than him from deep. Casey Morsell and Jericho Helms. That's it. That's it. And by the way, while Casey Morsell is uh, shooting about 2% better than him from deep, he's shooting about 3% better than Casey Morsell in field goals overall. So again, this isn't this isn't something that's just coming from left field that I'm like, oh, I didn't think about this at all. It's just the, the eye test and I want to see Terquavian shoot more. No. Again, I'm never going to get on him for shooting with this team constructed as it is because, again, who else is going to take the shot? And not, not only who else is going to take the shot, who is going to make the shot? If we take the shot away from him and say, hey, we're going to put it in this guy's hand instead. Okay. Who's going to make it? Who's going that? That's all I want to know. That is all I want to know. No disrespect to anybody else on this team. But again, who's going to make the shot? Who's going to make the shot? And even if we're talking about, um, you know, from field goal percentage from the floor, if you're looking at who has a better field goal percentage than him in terms of our guards, it's literally just Darian Seabron. That's it. Every other player that has a better shooting percentage than him, Jericho Hellams, Darian Sebron, and all, all of our bigs. That's it. And obviously, that's a little different because none of them are averaging over four points a game. And the shot difficulty is not the same. So you're, you're expecting that. That's what should happen. So, with everything we know, fire away, dude. Fire away. Do what you got to do. Okay? This is never, again, I'm, I'm not going to tell y'all lies. I'm not going to say stuff just to say it. Everything that I tell y'all is backed up by the numbers. If you think I'm lying, go pull up the numbers and tell me what I said wrong. Tell me what I said wrong. But again, there are times where it looks absolutely ugly and, and you know, we're, we all want to say like, dude, Terquavian, stop. Stop it. But the reality is, again, if you get out of the emotion and you just look at you know, what is he actually doing? What is tangibly happening as a result of his shooting? By and large, it's been positive. Again, dropping, even if we talk about uh, the game against the universe and no consequences, dropping 34 on 10 and 21 shooting, 3 and 9 from deep, that'll do it. Game after that, dropping 25 on 9 to 19 versus Syracuse, 7 to 15 from deep, that'll do it. Even the, the Notre Dame game, 50% from the field, 50% from three. That'll do it. 19 points there. That'll, I mean, he's been absolutely outstanding all year. And so, if we had other players on this team that were shooting it at a high clip that I felt like, you know, not only are they um, capable of making the shot, but they're confident in making the shot and they're going to make the shot, again, I would be right there with you. Whenever I talk about Diamond Johnson shooting less on a women's basketball team, I can directly point to this player has a great field goal percentage. This player, when you when the ball is in her hand, she does good things with it. This player, it makes sense for you to get them the ball. It makes sense for you to look to distribute. I can point, I can point to, to multiple players. Where can I point on this men's team? So let's let Terquavian cook. Let's respect it. Let's, of course, understand that he's a freshman. He's going to make freshman mistakes. He's going to do stuff like that. But you live with it. 
you live with it. And that's okay. One thing you don't have to live with is a car that is just breaking down on your left and right. And because of that, you need to go to Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning about your vehicle and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer choosing only the brand that they have happen to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket? You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Don't spend 30 or 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and the prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So we're about to land this thing, but long story short, again, I, I'm i not going to tell y'all nothing that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to tell you anything that I'm like, hey, this is, you know, this is, we're, we're a great team now or anything like that. This win over Georgia Tech was big to get us out of last place uh, and to avoid, to, to stave off rather uh, for the moment, a 20 loss season. Who knows? We could possibly avoid it with another win here, but Again, the facts of the matter are simple. This team is still fighting. They're still competing. And we can say that they fought and competed behind a win tonight, right? Like, I think everybody was getting tired of, oh, this team fought so hard. This team was, they wanted it really bad in losses. We can say that on the win now, and that's very important. Um, also, again, about Traquavian Smith, he's a freshman. He's, he's you know, going to take bad shots. But right now, who else is going to take it? Who else is going to take it? Again, if you can point. To the player who you trust more with the ball in their hands to take that, those shots or to take that shot, feel free. Feel free. Tell me who. Outside of Helms and Sebron, I am not seeing anybody else who has the greatest desire to take those shots and who has the greatest ability to do so, even if they do have a, a desire to take them. So, again, if I'm wrong, show me. I am perfectly okay with changing my takes and opinions when I presented with new evidence. But at the moment, the evidence is saying to Quavian Smith shooting the way he is, is not only good for him, it's good for the team. It's good for the team. Thank you all so very much for coming out and listening. I appreciate it every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolf Pack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you.